0: You're listening to Quran Thirty for Thirty, the Ramadan podcast that reconnects us with the beautiful words of God, one juz a day, with your hosts Sheikh Omar Suleiman, Sheikh Abdullah Oduro, and a new guest. Let's experience the beauty of the Quran.
1: Assalamu <laughs> Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. And alhamdulillah, we have with us tonight, Dr. Ruthman Amarji, who has not broken his fast yet, right? He's still, still hungry, right? Alhamdulillah. Hungry for the other. We're glad to have you back, Sheikh. And of course, Sheikh Abdullah, as always, Alhamdulillah who has broken his fast. Alhamdulillah, here uh, 10 minutes away from here. Alhamdulillah <laughs> And um, Inshallah Ta'ala, I just want to remind everyone before we get started, uh, I know that there's been a lot going out, uh, but tomorrow night will, tomorrow actually will be a special day, Inshallah Ta'ala. Tomorrow night, Inshallah Ta'ala will of course, Bithni uh, Lahi will be the first of the last 10 nights. One of the few years where moon sighting and calculations and everything goes together. So Inshallah, tomorrow is the first of the last 10 nights. And the Ta'ala offers us a special opportunity. And we wanted to have everyone Uh, prepared inshallah so tomorrow from 3 p.m eastern to 8 p.m eastern inshallah ta'ala there's going to be an all-day telethon uh, where different uh, members of the yaqeen team will come on we'll talk about what yaqeen is doing as well as inshallah ta'ala prepping everyone uh, for the last 10 nights inshallah ta'ala so please do join us tomorrow and then the last 20 minutes will be a collective dua just as we go into the night inshallah ta'ala so please do make sure you join for as much of tomorrow as you can, inshallah and spread the word. Uh, I'll make sure that it's posted in the comments. And no, I don't moderate the comments. Someone uh, shows me the comments, all right? Just so you guys know, I'm not talking and moderating comments at the same time, okay? That's the, the wonderful team that we have at Yaqeen, alhamdulillah, which means Sheikh Abdullah Durr is the one that's moderating comments. Oh, that. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm uh, blessed. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's get started, inshallah. So just 20. Uh, the first page of Juz 20, which is still the back of uh, Surah al naml probably one of the most beautiful sections that you find in the Qur'an, uh, long uh, message of, A Allah. Is there any God besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? SubhanAllah, one of the most beautiful recitations to listen to and to really ponder upon, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about His majesty, speaks about the things that only He can do, Speaks about our moments of vulnerability, either as individuals or as collectives, and how we turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah is our only refuge, and Allah is our only rescue. So, that is a, a beautiful, you know. Last night we talked a lot about tadabbur, uh, reflecting on the Quran as an individual. Uh, there is nothing that I could give you of tafsir that would make that just a, 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 the, the most beautiful experience ever if you just sit with it alone, inshallah ta'ala. That section of about seven ayats where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a ma'allah. Is there any God besides Allah? And inshallah, we'll talk about uh, one of those instances in this juz tonight, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, in verse 89 of Surah An-Namal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, hasarati minha, wa hum min That uh, whoever brings forth good, then they will have good that will return to them. They will have a greater good that awaits them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions particularly uh, safety from shock and the the faza, the shock of Yom al-Qiyamah, the shock of the Day of Judgment. And there's a a great connection here to the story of Musa alayhi salam, as well as to the previous surahs. If you realize all of the previous surahs that we've gone through over the last couple of nights in particular... Begin and end with the disoriented people on the day of judgment. People that are regretful because they challenged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hasten the day of judgment. And when it came, you know, we then see the scenes of them disoriented and regretful for challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that and Allah assuring the believers of safety uh, and security on that day. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once again does that with another warning of punishment, by the way, right after this in verse 90. But uh, I want to connect this to Musa s-salam Because Musa has a particular protection on the Day of Judgment. These surahs are all the layers of Musa alayhi salam. And I know both Shaykh Abdullah and Shaykh Rasman are going to talk about Musa السلام, in detail tonight, inshallah ta'ala, So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But every single surah is giving us a new dimension of Musa alayhi s-salam. And one of them is that the Prophet وسلم, mentioned that uh, on the day of judgment, and it was a Muslim and a Jew that got into an argument in Medina. And the Muslim and the Jew basically got into an argument over whose prophet is better, Musa or Muhammad. Now, of course, to us, they're both our prophets, alayhim salatu was-salam, in that we uphold the prophethood of both of them. So we should never uh, in any way in the course of, uh, of demonstrating our love and loyalty to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, disrespect another prophet of Allah. So in the midst of that argument, it got very heated. And, uh, and the Muslim transgressed against the Jew, and the Jew complained to the Prophet ﷺ about that. And the Prophet wasalam, said, on the Day of Judgment, uh, when when uh, I will be the first to be resurrected, and I would go to the throne of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I'm paraphrasing the hadith, and I would see that Musa ﷺ is already, Moses, peace be upon him, is already hanging on to one of, uh, one of its legs. And so to, to suggest that Musa ﷺ was saved, as the Prophet wasalam, said, it could be that he was saved from the faza, from the shock, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, would not allow him to go through that twice. So the beautiful hadith about Musa Islam particularly being spared and given safety in a way that uh, no other person would be given safety. Now we get into Surah Al-Qasas. And my job for the next 10 nights, inshallah, is just to show the beautiful connection of these surahs to each other, because they're all so beautifully interconnected. Surah al Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Amman who is the one who responds to the desperate caller when they call upon him and removes the hardship that they feel? And Subhanallah, we fade into this surah and we have the trembling heart of the mother of Musa alayhi salam and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala comforting the mother of Musa alayhi salam, taking her baby and putting her baby uh, into uh, into the ta- into the tablet and uh, and obviously. Uh, what takes place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rescuing Musa Islam or saving Musa Islam in a very vulnerable situation. A baby that is in the midst of the water, that could easily drown, that could easily be kidnapped. So many things could happen to Musa Islam and Allah Azzawajal, not just removing the harm of Musa salam or any hardship that would come to Musa alayhi salam, but also Allah Azzawajal, comforting the heart of, of, of the mother of Musa Aislam, by allowing her to see her baby once again. Right? So who is the one that responds to the caller. Who is the one that hears our deepest secrets? Who is the one that sees our deepest vulnerabilities in our darkest moments? And Allah Jalla answers those duas in those moments. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala does miracles for us in those moments. And SubhanAllah, you see the connection right away between the, the Surah prior and this Surah. And uh, Allah showing his complete power. Musa Alayhi salam in this Surah, the imagery is very powerful. Musa is a baby put in this, in this small piece of the earth, right, or in this small, in this small fragment, uh, and then put into the water where he has no way to, to protect himself. And he's just a baby. And Allah Azza wa saves him and rescues him. Fir'aun is a powerful man with an army. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala drowns him. Parts the sea for that same baby when he grows up, Musa Islam, and then drowns Fir'aun and his army, his arrogance. Uh, his arrogant presence himself and of course the arrogant army that uh Fira'un had. So subhanAllah think of the imagery of a baby floating in the in, in the water in the river, and then Fira'un, this this uh, tyrant, right, drowning in the seas. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showing that he really is the one that's in charge at all times. A connection as well. In verse fifty six, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says, In Man ahbat. You do not guide whom you love, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides whom He wills. And the previous surah, what did Allah say about our Prophet? That you're you're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. Because Allah Yaqun because you want them so badly to be believers, meaning your empathy is so deep. It pains you so much to see these people and what is taking place with them. And Allah connects it in this juz to the previous Jews here as well. In Surat al qasas in the fifth verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, mentions that the reason why we go through tests and the reason why these hardships would happen to a person, because there's the perspective of the tyrant that's going to be punished and the and the righteous that will be tested, and we know the end of the story is good for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, fil uh, that we wish to bestow our favor on those who were oppressed in the lands and make them into a'imna, make them into leaders and make them from al warithin make them from the inheritors. Meaning this is character building, this is faith building, that we go through these trials and these tests to be purified and elevated. And so Musa Islam was not put through all of these different types of tests, the test of Fir'aun, the test of, Bani Israel, the test of being in Madian, the test of a loss of direction, the te- all of these different things, the test of trying to understand and comprehend when talking to al-Khadr. Musa was not put through these things except to further elevate him, السلام, and that is the case for the believers. What is Surah al Ankabut? The next surah start off with. Allah says, Do people think they just see they just say we believe and they're not tested? And we have tested those who came before you, and through that, through that, the truthful shine and the liars or those that are uh, uh those that, that do not have um, integrity, those that are not truthful to the message that has come to them are humiliated as a result of that. So we are shown in our true colors as a result of the fitz and as a result of the test. And Allah Jalla gives tests to the believers to grow them, to grow them in their faith and to grow them in their character. So Surah Al-Qasas, you have that and then you have Surah Al-Ankabut, a connection between verse five and verse two. And then I'll end with, with this inshallah ta'ala, uh, the other side of this, okay? Haman in Fir'aun. Haman and Fir'aun. Haman, of course, is the right hand of Fir'aun. And he, this is the example of what we saw in Surah Al-Furqan in the previous juz. fulan Two evil people fighting on the Day of Judgment, uh, particularly the regret of the one who followed along. Imagine how many people would be looking at Fir'aun with Haman at the top of them and saying, why did I listen to him? Why did I follow him? Why did I believe him? Why was I intimidated by him? Why was I not afraid of his Lord and my Lord, right? And the regrets and the remorse that we talked about last night. Imagine Haman and Fir'aun. And you have here examples of three men who think they have power, but they actually have nothing. So this is the other side of this, in Surah Al-Qasas. And I want you to pay very close attention because it ties beautifully into Surah Al-Ankabut, just like the previous example that I gave. Three men that are mentioned in the surah. And then Sheikh Abdullah and Sheikh Uthman can talk about Musa alayhi salam in greater detail. Fir'aun is the dictator who has a false sense of security in his own power. He's a dictator who has a false sense of security in his own power. Haman is the enforcer of the dictator who has a false sense of security in the power of his master, right? So Haman is taking security in Fir'aun's power. Like, I'm good, I can be as brutal. And you often find that the general of a dictator is worse than the head himself, right? Just completely takes everything into their hands to be a butcher because they know that they have immunity from the one that commands them, right? So they take shelter and security in the power of the one that's above them. And with Haman, it's only Fir'aun. And then Qarun, whose false sense of security and power comes in what? His wealth. One of the wealthiest people to ever walk the face of the earth. And all three of them find absolutely nothing and that's verse 41 of Surah Al Ankabut. <laughs> verse 41 of Surah Al Ankabut. Wa buyut, ankabut lo kanu that the case of those who took other than Allah as their protectors is like a spider who constructs its home. But the frailest of all homes is the spider web, is the spider's house, if only they knew. And the ulama mentioned the spider's web. If you get caught in it, if you're a bug or a mosquito, you get caught in it. You can't get out of it. You would think it's the strongest thing ever. It is stronger than steel. You know, the science behind a spider's web is so fascinating. It is impossible for that which is caught in a spider web to get out. But then a little bit of water comes. You just do this and you ruin the spider's web altogether. So it gives a false sense of power and security, but it's really nothing. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is everything. Allah is always in charge. When we seek that power, when we seek that security in Allah Azza wa who overwhelms us at all times with his power. So inshallah ta'ala with that, I'll hand it off to Shaykh Abdullah to talk about the story of Musa islam in some greater
0: detail. <coughs> uh, the story of Musa, subhanAllah, in the chapter of Qasas, as we know Qasas means narrations or stories. Uh, And this is a beautiful, as we know, uh, the chapter or the stories of Musa or snippets of the life of Musa is found throughout the Qur'an. But in this chapter, it's very extraordinary because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kind of gives you uh, a history of Musa, like the childhood. You know, you watch those movies, it shows them they grew up as a child and what they went through and then where they reached. Well, here I want you to focus on, I'm going to talk about verse number 10, but... And the beginning of Qasas, really starting from verse number seven all the way to 13, is something extraordinary. And I want to share this with you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Moses' mother when Moses was a baby, because at this time, you know, there was a year that Fir'aun had a dream that there would be a young man or a, a, a youth that would take over his throne and his power. So what he decided to do that year was to eliminate all of the young boys and to leave the women as, as servants for them so any young boy at that time that was alive he would do away with them he would exterminate them but musa alayhi salam's mother being aware of this was fe- was scared so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off in verse number 7 when he says after wa ummi musa an in this verse Allah orders Moses' mother with two things and then promises her two things. He says here, and we inspire the mother of Moses to suckle him or to breastfeed him. And if you were to be have fear or, or be, have fear for him or be scared for him because of Firaun, then to throw him in the river. And this is the Nile River, as some of the Mufassirin mentioned. Yum is actually a, an abundant sea, right? But here, the scholars have mentioned that he, she was instructed to put him in a tabut, as we see in the chapter of Taha. في التابوت, to put him in a, like a wooden box. To put him in this tabut and to put him in the Nile River. So those are the two things. To breastfeed him, to suckle him, and to put him in the Nile River. I want you to remember the suckling, for, because that's very relevant here. So he says, put him in the Nile river. And then he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا وَلَا And do not, have, do not have fear, nor shall you grieve. ilayki wa min al So here he says, do not have fear, nor shall you grieve. Fear in the beginning of the action, before the action, and grief after the action. He says, don't have fear, nor shall you grieve. Why? Inna raduhu ilayki. That verily, we will return him to you. That's the promise. min And that's the second promise. We will return him to you. But not only that, he will be a messenger. Someone that the message has been given to him. Mursaleen. The message has been given to them. So now this is the promise that Allah gives Moses' mother. But Moses' mother is a human being. And a human being, we have certain characteristics. And subhanAllah, Allah addresses this characteristic in verse number 10. When he says, فؤاد موسى, فؤاد So the heart of the mother of Moses became empty. What does it mean became empty? And it's interesting how Allah says became empty, and he doesn't mention it was empty of what? Because when we understand the context, Allah told her to do an action that increases the connection between the mother and the child. Nothing like that. As soon as they're born, Allah has provided the mother with something to feed the child, which is the best form of food, which is the milk of the mother. So that connection is there. Then Allah says, Al-Kihiliam. So now her heart is empty. Empty of what? Empty of the love of Moses, the, the looking at Moses, all of this connection with Moses. So Allah doesn't even mention it. And that's for you to understand. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh uh إن إن كادت لتوبد به لولا أن ربطنا على قلبها لتكون من المؤمنين إن كادت لتوبد به she was this close كادت is like almost and توبد به to make it apparent of who she was or to say look I want my son back because what happened was when she Put him in the sea. The, in, in between these verses, you'll see that the wife of Firaun, Firaun's people captured Moses. And the wife of Firaun pleaded for Firaun. She or, to Firaun to keep Moses. So they kept him in their, in their uh, space with them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that her heart became empty. And then Allah says something beautiful. "Lola <laughs> She was about to say something, but if it wasn't for the fact that we that we... Tied her heart or made her heart means to tie something. So ربطنا, if we tied her heart, her qalb, the to be from the believers. Why? Because you know, some scholars is difference of opinion on here, but the relevance of you know, because the first heart that he said that her heart became empty, the word was fu'ad. The second heart that he said was qalb, and fu'ad is that scholars say. يفتأد, it gets hot and it's 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 very it's heated. It, it, you know it has strong emotions. But when we say qalb, you see some scholars mention anhu يتقلب or because it flips. You're happy, you're sad, you're emotional. You you know you're you're full of joy. So Allah says ربطنا على قلبها لتكون من المُؤمنين to keep her patient. But you notice He didn't punish her for almost. You know, telling and revealing what the situation was, it's natural for a mother to have that worry for her child. And that's what's so beautiful about this verse. And Allah uses the two types of understanding of the heart because the first one, her heart became heavy because she missed her son. And then after that, Allah, ta- and that's why the Prophet says, Allahumma, thabbit qalbi ala thabbit qalbi ala deenik. Do not let it go to the left or to the right. Keep it firm upon your religion. So she had to stay firm in this situation, even though it was difficult. What's beautiful, cause right after that verse, she tells her daughter, Moses' mother, which was a sign of rabtul Qalb, which was a sign that she was sound and her heart was firm. Instead of just grieving, she came with a plan. She said, if habifu see," she said, go and spy and find out where he is. You know, look at where he is. In any case, the last we see in verse number 10, she, uh, she pleaded and she found out subhanAllah, when she saw Moses, she saw that they were trying to feed Moses' his young baby. So they brought different maidservants to try to breastfeed Moses. And Moses refused. He would not want any breast milk. So her sister came and she said, I know someone. And it happened to be none other than Moses' mother. So subhanAllah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 10, so we restored him with his mother. That her eye may be comforted, that the comfort of her eye has returned, and that she might not grieve. And to know that the promise of Allah is true. But most but most people do not even know. So subhanAllah, Allah, the first command he gave her was the key to bring Moses back. But she didn't know at the time. She didn't know, subhanAllah. So Allah brought her back because of what he ordered in the beginning. In conclusion, brothers and sisters, when we look at what Allah orders us to do, know that it is only for our own benefit because he loves you more than anyone else. He loves you more than anyone else and he will provide for you in ways that you will not imagine. And this story in the beginning of this chapter is so beautiful because it's the epitome of love and affection. The epitome of love, f- when you look at any example of the prophets, Allah gives you the epitome of success, the epitome of sadness, the epitome of oppression. So looking at this, subhanAllah, if you have the opportunity with your families tonight, if you haven't read with your families, Salatul Isha Tarwi to read these verses, you know, verses number seven to verses number 10, roughly about the story of Moses and how Allah constructed just by breastfeeding as the key to bring uh, Moses back with his mother <laughs> may Allah wa ta'ala reward us and reward uh, them for their struggle And may Allah SWT make, uh, make us of those that trust in Allah As Moses' mother did Jazakum Allah khairu Jazakum Allah
1: Right. That's the constant theme Is Is there really anyone but Allah, right? So keeping that tawakkul So it's a beautiful story And Dr. Othman, bismillah
2: Bismillah Inshallah, I'd love to pick up where Shagad left off Um before I do, just kind of, I just want to put Surah Qasas again just kind of in uh, its place because I feel like there's so many chapters about Musa A.S. that sometimes we forget about kind of the centrality maybe of Surah Qasas within this. Um, one of the things that I find beautiful about the Surah is that it was very similar um, to Surah Yusuf in many ways in that they were both revealed in Mecca before the Hijrah and they were both examples for the Prophet Muhammad a.s. A.s., and foreshadowing to him and the companions of what the future was going to hold. It reinforced the idea of how people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes to the aid of those who are oppressed, and it also reinforces how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has his way of dealing with the oppressors, and I think about again going back to Musa's, uh, Yusuf's story subhanahu wa how many parallels Allah draws in this surah from Qasas to Yusuf's story, and then of course to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu life so um, Yusuf was taken away from his family in Palestine, and then he had to resettle in Egypt and that's because his brothers had plotted to kill him, eventually throwing him in the well Musa, alayhis we find in this story, he's forced to flee from his family and homeland, as we'll talk about, to Median, for 10 years before returning to Egypt. That's because Fir'aun plotted to kill him. And then this is, again, foreshadowing to Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu that he will have to flee from his beloved land of Mecca, his family, uh, to go to Medina before he comes back one day victorious in Mecca. And that's because Quraysh had plotted to kill him. Uh, and subhanAllah, one of the verses that's so beautiful that I want to touch upon is verse number 85 in the surah. And this, again, shows the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for the Prophet Muhammad And the same way that Allah told Musa's mom, that, Inna ilayki, that in the same way we will return Musa to you, Allah tells Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam at the end of the story, that pay attention to what happened to Musa. Because just like he went back to his family, Allah says, إِنَّ Quran al ila ma'al that indeed the one who has imposed this Qur'an upon you, revealed this Qur'an to you, O Muhammad, indeed that same, your, your creator, he will return you to the place of return, which many Mufassirin say is Mecca. So this is a glad tiding to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Surah qasas that be patient because all these trials and tribulations, there is success at the end of it. Um, the, what I want to speak about was jumping from what Sheikh Abdullah spoke about in terms of the childhood of Musa, Because Musa's child, the story story is amazing because it's got scenes. Allah does not give us the whole story in Qasas, but he breaks it up in different chapters. And here we learn only about Musa's childhood. And then we don't know anything about actually his infancy. We don't hear anything about his childhood or his adolescence all the way until he's adult. And I'll pick it up when he actually has to flee um, his homeland because he was in the middle of breaking up a fight. And in doing that, he accidentally killed a man. And then he's rushing off to the land of Median. And that's what I wanted to focus on right now, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Quran, I want us to just think about the situation that Musa was in. Musa was told by somebody that people are are plotting. Musa, yeah, uh, Musa, that yeah, that Pharaoh, "Inna malaa mala ya tabiruna kabika inni laka min That people are plotting to kill you. The politicians, you better get out of here. Musa, despite being so beloved to Allah, he's not yet a prophet, but he's a righteous man, has to leave without any food, without any water, without saying goodbye to his family, without packing his bags, and he heads off, inspired by Allah to head to Madian. Why Madian? He really has no idea. It's an inspiration from Allah. He doesn't even know how to get to Madian. All he says is that, perhaps Allah will guide me to the path. And as Mufassirin mentioned, some of them said this took weeks and weeks to get to Madian. It's hundreds of miles away. It's on the eastern shore of the, of the Red Sea, where Allah says, That we are now brought to Musa's arrival in Madian. And it's Allah says, And when he arrived at Madian, he was there at the well of Madian. He saw a group of people who were feeding, uh, trying to give water to their animals. So imagine Musa, hungry, thirsty, exhausted. He's been eating leaves only on his entire journey. There's no food he had. He comes across this well. Sees people feeding their, their animals. And then he looks to his side and he says, He sees two women who are holding back their flock of sheep. So, what Musa does here is amazing. SubhanAllah. Usually, people in the most difficult times of their life, all they think about is themselves. That how am I going to put food on my table? How, what am I going to do to get some risk? How am I going to get a place to sleep tonight? I need just to take care of myself. myself. He says, He goes to these two women. Who are obviously you know, not doing something normal. They should have been feeding their animals. And he says, What is happening to the two of you? What's your story? And the two of them respond. They say, They tell him why. They say, Look, we are not going to get in the middle of all these men. They said, We are not going to feed our animals until these men finish their feeding. And this is because our, man, our father is an old man. He can't do it. We have to do it. So you see here, SubhanAllah, Allah, Musa, what he does. Tired, exhausted, hungry, doesn't make a difference. This is beautiful, subhanAllah. Musa It's this. you see, subhanAllah, the sense of justice within him. You see the, uh, the honor in him and the sign of an honorable person is their willingness to do what is right even when it's not convenient. They rush to be in the service of others despite their own needs. There is a deep sense of justice in Musa here that erupts at the smallest injustice that he sees. And despite his own psychological urge for food and water and security, his urge for justice to help these two young women was that much stronger. And so he goes, he gives them the water, they take off. He didn't ask them for anything. And he's exhausted and he goes underneath a tree. He finds a shade, he puts up his hands to Allah and he says, oh Allah, I am in desperate need of whatever good you have. يَا Allah inni lima anzalta faqir. Whatever good you can give me, I'm in desperate need of that. And you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he loves somebody, how he responds to their dua. And he responded immediately. The next verse is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَجَاءَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِعَ So Allah says that and one of them came, one of those two women came back upon modesty. And as the ulema mentioned, she walked with modesty, she spoke with modesty, which tells us against little lessons, for a chivalrous man and a good woman can communicate. It's not haram to speak to some of the opposite gender, but you do it with modesty, that you don't speak in an inappropriate way, you dress in an appropriate way. And she comes and she tells him what, what's going on. This is the answer of the dua. That, that my father is calling to recompense you for that which you have done for us. And when he goes back and he tells the story, as Allah says, Allah mentions, So Musa goes now to the father of these two girls, tells him what has happened, and he tells Musa, don't worry. You are far away from the jurisdiction of Fir'aun. You're at peace with me. You're not going to be in trouble. And then I'll quickly close with saying what happened next. SubhanAllah, the wisdom of this young girl. And this shows subhanAllah again the you know as, as one of the sahaba mentioned that three people who had a tremendous foresight. You know, one of them was Abu Bakr, right, and, and how he dealt with with Omar with and in becoming in, in, in that. One is the companion of Yusuf, and one was the daughter of this man who recommended his father her father to hire Musa. Her fa- as Musa narrated the story, his the daughter interjects and tells the dad, hire this man. Right? That you will not find anyone better to hire than the one who's strong and the one who is honest and trustworthy. And again, now Allah's dua comes true. When, when, when Musa asked that, Allah, I'm in need of your goodness. I'm in need of something good. Allah sent the girl to bring him back to her father. The father hears a story. Right? Now the, 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 the daughter wants to hire Musa to do the job that she's been doing. But there's more. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends the family for Musa. Where now the, the the dad, who some uh, most of the scholars say is Shuaid, inni uridu an unkiha Now comes the this is the kicker. SubhanAllah, you think you're a foreigner in a land. No water, no food, no job, no shelter. And you do one good deed by seeing two women who were being wronged by these men. He intervenes and now he's offered what? A job he's got a household and he's now being offered somebody in marriage and the verse says and these are verses numbers um, i've spoken today about 22 all the way to 27 and this is ayah number 27 where, where the Shuaib says indeed i want to marry you to one of my daughters on the condition that you work for me for eight years and if you want to do 10 then that's great and i don't want to be too difficult on you and musa accepts this so why I want to close in you know with what what I'm speaking about today is by saying subhanallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he answers dua we will never really fully understand it our job is simply to do what's right in any circumstance. So in this circumstance it's like I'm tired I'm hungry I'm going to do what's right. And Allah's, the results are upon Allah. He's going to bring me the food, he's going to bring me the family, he's going to bring me the shelter. And I want to close with saying but remember whenever and this none of this is take away from Musa's greatness. That Allah loved Musa, but he dragged him through difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. Being acute, being, you know, threatened to be killed by Pharaoh's people, traveling hundreds of miles to a foreign land, having no food and water to drink. But ultimately, the victory of Allah is near and the love of Allah is near to his messengers and those who are righteous. So that when next time, inshallah, we are in a circumstance where life gets tough and we're taken through all kinds of adventures that, you know, we might not like at the time. To perhaps remember that Allah might be trying to elevate us in these moments, that we might need to go through these things to gain the empathy and the foresight needed to succeed in, in life. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to see the Qur'an with the insights that it has and that we inshallah learn from the message of these prophets, Musa, uh, Yusuf, and of course Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam. SubhanAllah, you're, you're, one of your, the sayings you mentioned
1: uh, one of my favorite sayings, Ibn Mas'ud. nasi The three people of the greatest insight were three. Abu Bakr Umar when he chose Umar Allah and we saw Umar as the, the befitting khalifa. And then Al-Aziz when he said Akrimi the, the companion of Yusuf islam and, and Musa. It's a beautiful saying. And subhanAllah, you can't help but wonder in the journey of Musa. السلام, uh the, the scene of Moses about to split the sea. And his people say, we're, we're in trouble. We're done. There's no way we're going to get out of this. What does he say? My Lord is with me. He will guide me. And here, the, the, the first chapter of Musa, الصلاة, when he has to go to Madian, Allah is going to guide me. And the last, this, this, or, or probably the most consequential part, right, where the one that he was warned about in the first chapter is behind him right now, literally with an army ready to kill him. And he says, Allah will guide me. And mm. that's, that's, that's so beautiful, subhanAllah, that, that you bring that up. Jazakum Allah <laughs> on
0: May Allah does that reward you. Shaykh Abdullah, any final comment? Yeah, I mean, subhanAllah, when reading this chapter, just is, in this chapter of Qasas, it's four righteous women. SubhanAllah, you think about it. Moses' mother, his sister, Asya Fir'aun's wife, and one or maybe two, the two sisters that he encountered, maybe Shu'ib's daughters. SubhanAllah, so it's, it's all of these women had a role to play within Moses' success in his life. And even you look at with the righteous mother and being obedient to Allah, how Allah will reward your children and your progeny, inshallah. It's amazing.
1: Oh, Amen. You know you're going to get quoted on that and it's going to go viral on the internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Beautiful reflection. <laughs> <laughs> inshallah. So, inshallah, uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow, as we said, three to, five, three to eight, sorry, three to eight, inshallah, Eastern. Tomorrow we'll be doing the finish strong uh, Taliban. Please spread the word, inshallah, Ta'ala. And, uh, and, and invite other people. And then we'll have Quran 30 for 30. And to add another layer of content, inshallah, ta'ala, at 2 a.m. Eastern, starting tomorrow night, every one of the last ten nights, we'll have a short, uh, inshallah, I say short, hopefully short. I, I intend to make them about 20 minutes, uh, the qualities of Ibadul Rahman, the qualities of the Servants the Most Merciful, so you can take breaks in your Qiyam every night, inshallah, the last ten nights, and just have a short reflection on the next quality of the Servants the Most Merciful. So again, tomorrow, join us from three to eight, inshallah. And then also for Quran 30 for 30 at 10. And then at two, inshallah ta'ala a.m. Uh, where we'll be starting with the Ibadur Rahman series. And please do spread the word about the telethon. Jazakumullah khairan. We'll see you all tomorrow, inshallah. assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi
2: wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum wa
0: This podcast was brought to you by Yaqeen Institute for Islamic Research. Dismantling doubts and nurturing conviction, one truth at a time. Tune in tomorrow for the next episode and subscribe to this series. If you like this episode, you'll love our other content. Visit yaqeeninstitute.org or download our app from the App Store. Until next time, this has been Quran 30 for 30.